It's a wonderful treat for me tonight to have heard and seen the Beach Boys. And as you can hear in the background, the girls are still hollering for them. friends you're listening to the sail on podcast this is wyatt in nashville joined as always by my friend and counterpart jason brewer hello everyone i am stoked about this episode we are both excited about this um we have a bonus episode for you guys today as you probably know by the title we are doing a commentary on the beach boys lost concert as it has been dubbed but uh, really what it is, is the first professionally recorded Beach Boys concert that uh, was aired in theaters, actually, back in 1964, along with some footage of Leslie Gore and the Beatles from their trip to Washington, D.C. In, in early 1964. So it was kind of a three-bill live-in-the-theater act uh promotional video that that kids could go to see you know if you if you couldn't make it out to see the beach boys or the beatles and wanted to really experience the concert you could go to your movie theater and they would play this over the big screen and it was pretty exciting as i can imagine um i would have definitely been really stoked you know for me growing up in a small town there was no way i would have been able to see any of these groups so i think it's a really cool concept and something that that you know people have done on and off over the years with other groups i'm gonna go see an elvis concert that way next week oh nice yeah um is it like live is it like going on right now like elvis elvis is gonna be there they're not just they're not shooting films of his grave (laughs) but they used to show like you're saying they used to show concerts in the 60s and 70s and 80s of bands if you couldn't go see them so they're kind of doing a 50th anniversary of an Elvis concert his comeback special 68 and they're showing it in theaters next week nice yeah so I'm pumped yeah so um, this is kind of a precursor to the uh, episode for next week which is an album review of the Beach Boys concert which was their first live album and uh, a lot of this uh, is going to kind of coincide, but this is a really cool way to see what the early Beach Boys concerts were like um, in kind of a smaller setting. Like there was only probably a hundred people at this show, um, and it was filmed like on a soundstage in Burbank. And then it was finally released in 1998 on DVD. That's where it got the title, The Lost Concert. And I remember getting that DVD when it came out and going over to. Uh, my girlfriend at the time's house and putting it on and she didn't understand why I was freaking out but I was just like losing my mind because it was so cool to see like such an early concert by the Beach Boys kind of shot professionally with multi cameras and uh, seeing seeing the audience and kind of being able to see them interact with each other and seeing Brian kind of like just you know at his peak live just kind of really in the groove and confident it was just fantastic to see I was I think 17 at the time 
and it just uh, was really awesome. So I always have fond memories of this. And uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, we're going to post the link to the YouTube version of the concert, but you can find it on DVD still, and you can find it on various formats. Uh, we're going to be watching the one on YouTube that you can find a link to. And if you want to follow along, we're going to count down, and you can hit play the same time we do and watch with us. Synchronize your videos, listeners, in three, two, one. Okay, here we are. There's a little B-roll section happening here at the beginning. And you've got uh, just a, some really crude titles coming up. <laughs> yes, um, early versions of, of iMovie, I believe, or, or like Adobe <laughs> Premiere or something. This is yeah, this it's a is, pretty cheap production. This is Beach Boys Science Theater 3000, everyone, just so you know. Right. All right. So I've seen this probably 35, 40 times, but um, I'll, I always see cool new things every time I watch it. I love that Mike comes out with the with the saxophone, like he sets it like, down for no reason. Yeah, he just like he just holding it there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like what are you doing? So this is you're not playing that thing. Put it down. March of '64, and the shutdown volume two had just come out. Yeah. Here goes fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Great opener. Um, I love that they're still doing the, you know, synchronized little choreographed dance moves on stage and they're kind of laughing about, you know, trying to stay in time with each other. It's really cute. Um, yeah. You know, the vocal blend isn't great on this just because of the, you know, the way it was recorded at the time, but you can still hear how great they were at singing so early on. Yeah. They've got the thin striped blue shirts on right now. We got a cool moment here coming up. Watch the crowd. Here we go. He's la his Mike's lassoing him in. You're gonna see three important people. There's Marilyn in the middle. Yeah. Brian's girlfriend at the time. Next to her, Judy Gable, and next to her, Fred Vale, the Beach Boys early tour manager. Yep. Pretty awesome. Um, I wonder what what Marilyn was trying to say to Brian. She was doing like kind of a look at me, look at me type thing. Like maybe trying to keep him, you know, focused or I don't know. Don't look at these other maybe. women. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it was as much that, but it could have been for sure. I mean, she was what like 15 at the time. Yeah. So so um, so of note, uh, you see their awesome Fender Showman amps behind Mike and everybody back there. Everybody's. I think Brian's in a big basement, and then everybody else has the Showman guitar amps. And later on, you'll hear the Spring Reverb unit get kicked by accident. That's right. I'm really, yeah, I'm really interested in this because, um, you know, as we've been going along with our Beach Boys tribute, we play most of these songs live, and it's really cool to see how the Beach Boys did it and how different it was from the studio recordings. Um, the endings of the songs are so funny to me because they don't really ever know where the songs are going to end. No, because they just, just kind of this like, weird. They just like <laughs> like fall out. Ah, uh, here we go. One of the greatest recordings of the Beach Boys catalog right here. <laughs> this is a strange choice, but they did it a lot on the early shows. Um, I think mainly because Mike could really just kind of show out and be goofy. Oh yeah. 
You know, back then, I think it was almost because they knew their audience were kids ages like 11 to 16, you know, they kind of had to try to get him to laugh and have fun. Watch Brian, like, making fun of Mike here. He always, like, says stuff over to Carl and Al, trying to make them laugh, and they're just, like, trying not to look at him. <laughs> it's great. Um, we get him. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, Mike's just, you know, goofing around. It's great, though. I mean, like, yeah, these, these young girls are just losing their minds. Because it's, you know, it's part of it. It's just the comedy routine. Yeah. I mean, they're entertaining children, really. I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You earlier. can't expect it to be like the highbrow, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. You know, they kind of grew with their audience for a while. You know, um, they didn't get serious until the early '70s or whatever. Right. Um, Dennis is. Let's talk about. Yeah, go ahead. So Dennis is rocking those Camco drums, and I kind of noticed he's got an extra tom, which. He didn't always have the two toms on top like that. That's right. So that's a good point. So and and you'll notice throughout this whole concert, he likes to hit all the toms a lot. Yeah, Mike singing some nice falsetto there. You yeah, little four four part. <laughs> <laughs> little four-part unison there a minute ago was awesome all right this is a fun thing here coming up well this is look at look at carl uh kind of getting his stuff together there let me let me check my settings here yeah i can relate turning them turning them reverb units up <laughs> al's guitar is a little louder weirdly yeah it is i think thing. i think i think also like just kind of the way I mean it was really early on in like recording live performances and it's kind of crude but um, yeah I mean the guitars sound really good though oh man awesome amps Al's playing a, a Stratocaster and uh, you know they all have matching fenders they all have the, the like cream white fenders um, it's great it's a great look I wish this was in color but it looks great anyway and it comes out something like this. Dennis is just back there scrapping. Yeah, man, they cook on these songs, man. They go a little bit faster than I think the records, because Dennis is just kind of just flying, you know. Yeah, and he's kind of making a noise on every beat. He's not leaving any any space. Oh yeah. I think it's cool that you can tell uh, especially like a lot of these songs that they've been playing for for a little while how uh they're just kind of going through the motions, kind of having fun with it and um, it's just effortless for these guys. So I, I have an early um, controversial opinion I'm just going to put out there that I would there's some crudeness to it but I think that their their performance overall on this is was good enough if they would have done a few more to make that live album off the audio of this because the live record does sound really good but if you heard, have heard all the tapes that have come out in the last few years of stuff from 
the concerts they called all that stuff from and then they obviously faked some stuff in the studio too but I don't know they're pretty ragged performances and in this controlled environment TV studio type thing they got going here they sound great Um, yeah because there's like 10 times less screaming exactly and so they can't hear anything on those big arena shows right right so this just sound i don't know i've always loved how this sounds so even though it's unbalanced in some areas and stuff like that and they just lock right in except for when except for when mike mike hits this funny i think it's funny that there's a little step in the front of the stage Mike hit a really bad note there. Yeah, I mean, luckily the vocals aren't super prominent in the mix, so there's a lot of things that get covered up. Um, plus, again, you know, they have no monitors. Listen to that lead vocal. Yeah, it's amazing. The quality and tone of, of their voices is, is fantastic. Yeah, because, you know, if we listen to, and then we can relate to this even playing this music and any, any other music, but if you listen to those... Um, some of those live in 64 things that came out digitally um, they're kind of sometimes you know you're just hearing Al screaming over the whole mix whereas Al is way louder than Carl which is tough because they share a mic yeah but then you kind of hear them in this setting and I mean they're able to just kind of level out and same like when they would play on Ed Sullivan and stuff like that like you would like that great version of uh, Wendy or whatever out there of them just killing it. Um, sure. I don't know. That's just things I was thinking about when I was watching this recently. Again, it's just how... And same goes for the Beatles, too. I'm a big big Beatles fan. So imagine if they would have you know, figured out a little bit of personal monitoring for those guys back then, how incredible their concerts would have sounded at their, at their, in, their, in their prime. Yeah, that's something that I want to ask uh, Steve Desper about is like what the monitoring situation was like, like how many mixes they had and all that, you know, back in the late 60s, early 70s. I think um, in the early early 60s, the concept was they were just all afraid of, of feedback. I think sure. that was part of it, and they hadn't really figured out how to completely perfected the science of it yet. Well, look how far away they are from the microphones, and they're just, you know, those microphones are hot. Yeah, those are, um, they might be, I think they're Neumann, like, uh, smaller condensers. They're not dynamic mics. Sure. Right, and they've got a wider kind of a, a range, too. Like, they, they're they picking up, you know, obviously, like, two people at once, so. Oh, yeah. So here on Surfing USA, I want to make note that, that Dennis is just scrapping through the whole thing. He has changed the, the groove from the record quite a bit like it's he's swinging it and kind of what mike williamson refers to as the mersey mersey beat watch brian <laughs> he's they're not playing it as straight as the record and it's a little more swung and then yeah and he's doing a little like beatles mersey beat whereas on the record it's not that at all so just some interesting uh music nerd stuff there also, the backing vocals shift from ooh on the record to ah live, 
way more powerful and just easier to sing. We can't wait for June. We'll all be gone for the summer. We're on safari to stay. You tell the teacher we're surfing, surfing USA. Mike just doing his dance. It's great. Look at uh, a little more nerdy stuff too. Like look at the chord shapes that Al and and Carl are playing too. Like it's awesome. Yeah. Like Carl's doing a lot of D form chords and um, you know like I, I thought that was pretty cool. And Al's really cranking out power chords the whole time. Yeah. Well, that's and that's what you know. That's the thing I've always known about. Like especially after watching this video, but. You know, for the first time, but like when we started playing these songs in our little band, um, you know, we I always try to play those higher uh, voicings, like Carl does, and then Matt plays the the two-step uh, stuff like Al does. And all down, look at these, look at them downstroking too. It's awesome. And it's just power, man. They just, it's like punk rock before punk rock even was a thing. It's awesome. Yeah, they were they were kind of like a, a sophisticated garage band at the beginning. Yep. Uh oh. Shut down. <laughs> Get it. Here going. it comes. Dude. Get it going. Also, you you notice there, Mike's uh, Mike's shoes are off now. They skipped um, Monster Mash because uh, they couldn't get the rights to air it, I guess. But it's on the uh, it's on the credits. You can see a little little clip of Mike like doing the Monster Mash. Um, part, but um, that was in this concert as well originally. I love Shutdown. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Dennis just going <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. He, I love that he plays kind of like a left-handed drummer. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. It's good thing he brought that saxophone for two notes. Great job, Mike. I tell you, when we when we play it, I do miss that honking sound. You know, I just always want to hear it. I love that everybody claps on the one and three, not the two and four. It's like the widest crowd ever. Yeah, that's always the uh, <laughs> the plague of the audience. Yeah. Here we go. This is a little bit of a cyclone for them. Oh yeah. <laughs> you see Brian throwing a few glances at at Al because Al's kind of he's got the toughest part. It's like. It's the baritone part in this song, and, and they, they struggle to sing it. I mean, obviously, there's no monitoring, and it's a really, really hard song to sing. It's a lot of weird, low vocal parts and, and, and intervals, so it's... Watch Brian right here. Smiles. Actually, that look, that look <laughs> was for a bum guitar note. Yeah, yeah, somebody just... Somebody like, went wrong. Brian's just glancing over at Al, though. He's like, come on. 
but <laughs> it's a brave song to do live man I'm, I'm surprised they did this over like you know be true to your school or 409 songs that were also really you know big at that point Love the Brian thumb style. Yeah. I liked it. Just, you know. Which I wish... I don't know. I wish that it was a little more um, noticeable, but this song has the real limited, you know, drum beat, because Dennis is kind of laying back on that cross stick situation back there. But Al is strumming the hell out of that guitar. Yep. Way up on the neck. love the uh the style of the people in the audience too like the hairstyles and the clothing it just it's all great Marilyn's wearing like a fur coat it's just awesome oh, here we go yeah so <clears throat> another kind of just party song they were playing you know more covers than they were originals back in the first couple years it's right. kind of strange Brian's vocal hill rules yeah I love their their little harmony, the do Duke part. It's a stupid song, but I, I, parts of it I really like. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, it shows that Brian can really wail if he wants to. Dennis's style is just so hilarious on this to me. Because everything is like, is just every song. Like, like 16 notes the whole time. Somehow. Love that. But it's interesting. I will give this to what Dennis is doing. It gives the the surf feel to every song, which is like the yep. the rolling of the waves. Which they didn't yeah. they didn't do that on all the recordings, but in this live setting, it kind of solidifies the a like continuity to the sound of the whole set. So, as way too philosophical for how simple this is. Uh, that's definitely what's going on. Listen to Brian. Just wailing. I challenge anybody to hit those notes. If you can do it, send us a voicemail <laughs> and prove it. Of you, hit, I of you, cannot. Of you hitting those notes. Right. Because I cannot. I have tried it. Right now, we'd like to. Another interesting choice, another album cut. It's the closer. Yeah, 
one of my favorites. Look at those glasses. Man, I love the style. Love it. They're cooking. Man, Brian just went way up there for a cool bass lick. Do, oh, yeah. Do, 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 right on the end. Yeah, man, he does some cool stuff. I mean, he's playing a lot of the same. He just choked a little bit. He does a lot of the same little patterns, but every now and then he gets kind of creative. Um, again, he, for someone who really, like, isn't a bass player, he's, he really does play well. With his thumb, no less. It's pretty impressive. You know, outside of, outside of Carl, I think all these guys are self-taught, so... I mean, I think Carl's extent of lessons were from his neighbor for like a few weeks. Sure. But I think Carl was more of a, a you know... A player. Student, uh, more of a student of the guitar than any of the other guys were of any instrument. I think, I think you know, obviously, vocally, they've all, you know, been working on their talents for a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the you know, David Marks was super into that guitar. So when he got kicked out, you know, Carl definitely was the only other, like, real musical instrument aficionado. I love the shot from the back. You don't see any more shots from the back. It's really cool. I guess they were worried about showing their behinds too much, but you have those tight pants on, man. Show yeah. the goods. All right, so that's that. It's, there's some minute, B-roll here. A little chicken wing dance. We got to rephrase that. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. You'll see the uh, down at the bottom, the bottom left coming up. You'll see Mike doing the monster mash um, part here. There it is. Yeah, it stinks. It stinks <laughs> that they took that out. But yeah, really cool. I remember just watching that over and over again, being fascinated, trying to pick out who was singing what, and um, you know, getting really uh, excited about uh, playing those songs myself. And uh, it's cool, and man, it's really, really cool to see that even today. Like I've seen it so many times. Every time I see it, it it's exciting. Yep, I'm a big fan. So uh, let's see here. I'm gonna go just rattle off my highlights of the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. So my my top three favorite <clears throat> songs and or moments from this concert. I think my favorite Ooh. my favorite tune that they did on this would probably be I'm gonna go with Hawaii that's my favorite one it's not my favorite song of all these but Hawaii is my favorite performance I think I think they ended on a good note and I like hearing that it has a little more chord depth than other than like in my room than the rest of the songs that they played so um I was really in I really like Hawaii um, my second favorite moment would be uh, probably. Uh, chicken wing dance. Um, <laughs> that's a big. That's a big. That's a big favorite of mine. There in uh, fun, fun, fun. Um, I, you know, the other day we had he, we had he brings that back. He brings the chicken wing back in uh, Little Deuce Coop too. Oh, yeah, when he yeah, says, okay, um, yeah. "If she had a set of wings, man, I know she could fly." Yeah. So you know, the, don't you know, don't pigeonhole. No pun intended, Mike into uh, just one song for the chicken dance because he does it several times. And I would say that the other moment that I I really dig is um, just kind of 
kind of seeing them laugh when they get on right when they get on stage and are just kind of a little goofy nervous and you see it when they cut guitar solos and all that stuff so all that stuff i really just kind of get into and as a as a bonus list to my list here uh dennis's scrappy surf drumming uh is very underrated and it really shines on this 20 minute concert yeah agreed on all points i think fun 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 is my favorite just because they come out so strong and they just rip it and um but the whole thing is really great uh i wish it was a full concert like you know maybe like a 40 minute set but uh for what it is it's really awesome i would love to see the full you know production with the beatles and leslie gore incorporated into it um I know they did like a special screening of it several years back in LA, um, but obviously we aren't in LA, so I missed that. Um, but hopefully one day that'll get released and maybe remastered in HD. It would be the dream. But uh, yeah, really fun stuff. Tell us what your favorite part of that concert is and your memories of it. If you saw it live in the theater, if you were one of those lucky ones, let us know. Um, but otherwise we're going to catch you next week. We're going to talk way more about the beach boys playing live in 1964 when we review the beach boys concert album. So until then, uh, this is Wyatt and that's Jason. And you can reach us as always by email at sale podcast at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail 615-606-3887. And you can find us on social media at Sail On Sounds, Instagram and Twitter and that fun stuff. Any, anything else, Jason? I just want to say that um, may all of you have a great rest of your day knowing that Mike Love is awesome at the saxophone and the chicken dance. Yes, and he's a pretty good singer too. Well... He had to do something when he wasn't doing the chicken wings or the saxophone. So, yes. That's true. So, we'll see you guys soon. And sail on, sailors. <laughs>